Welcome back to another edition of Mouth and Off Sports. It is me, Dan Sadik, joined by Ryan Brown and Jonathan Sullivan, September 3rd. And we have Patriots roster updates to give you. A lot's happened. Brian Hoyer got cut, first and foremost. And we know what the team looks like now, pretty much. So let's start from there, and then we'll segue over to fantasy football. And we'll give you who we like, who we don't like, sleepers, the whole bit. So let's start off by talking Pat's roster and what we like, what we don't like about what happened and how we feel overall now that we have the final complete product in front of us. I'll start. I'll start by saying that I like that the Patriots cut Brian Hoyer. Not that, you know, they probably thought they had a chance to bring him back at some point and they, I'm guessing they didn't know that the Colts were going to sit there and give him $9 million guaranteed. You know, kudos to you, Brian Hoyer. Get your money, man. Uh, so absolutely did not see that coming, but I kind of like it. Because if we go back to when the Patriots drafted Jimmy Garoppolo and he became the true backup, I think that just even solidifies the competition for Brady and is going to push him. Because we all know Brady has maybe another, maybe two years left, who knows. But we want him to be as motivated as physically possible. And if he just feels any bit of like pressure, even just the slightest bit, then I think that's a good thing. And Jared Stidham doesn't look like a bum. He looks like, you know, he could actually develop into something. Not saying he's going to be like the next Brady or anything. Nobody is, but he could be the next starter for this team after Brady retires for all we know. So I do like that. It keeps Brady motivated. And I think that's top priority right now besides getting the, the next guy. You got to keep Brady motivated no matter what. And I think he does that well on his own, but this Obviously, we saw with Jimmy G, it, it definitely lit a fire up his ass, for sure. Yeah, with the Patriots, I, there was no real cuts, like, that really, I was like, wow. Like, there's no way that person should have been cut. Jamarius Thomas, I would put in that category, but then yesterday they re-signed him, so it wasn't really like he was cut. They just needed to get rid of him to clear up a roster space, put Nikhil Harry on the IR, which did surprise. That, I was like, like, come on, like, are you serious, like... That issues with, um, it's like their last, like, Isaiah Wynn misses all last year. I know Nikhil Harry is designated to return, but, like, I, if you told me that yeah. he misses the whole year, that wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he misses the whole year. And you got to assume that he's going to come back, but even if he does, I mean, that's, he's missing all this time that, you know, you need Brady, needs, you know, the you time. You on the same page, like, yeah. Yeah, it's not like you're in some college system where you can just beat everyone. Like, you need... It's timing. It's not. It's not necessarily because everyone's big and strong in the NFL. You can't get away with that in the NFL. You need timing. You need routes, and that comes with. It just comes with repetit repetition over and over and over again. And that's what he's going to be missing. I'll say one thing too: is that he hasn't even gotten any preseason game action with Brady because he got hurt in the first one, and Brady only gave you some time in the third one. And right. Harry didn't. I mean, so they haven't had like any time to make any sort of real connection. Only in camp. That's really been their only time to work together. And from all indications, you know, they, it seems like they're on the same page as much as they could be for what's happened. His injury and Brady not being there for, like, the start of passing camp and all of that. But overall, yeah, that's definitely a question mark and does not bode well for the receiving group. Right. It's just another classic Patriots, like, high pick getting hurt. Like, I mentioned Isaiah Wynn missed all last year. Then what was it? Two or three years ago, Derek Rivers was like their like 
highest pick when they had their first pick in the third round. Then yeah. he tore his ACL before the season even started. I mean, how many years? How many years? Yeah, he's missing this whole year too. Yeah. He's done. Like, how many high it's, picks are you gonna have? Like, I know the Patriots make the best of the worst. Like, the worst is in the sense that people go like undrafted or mm-hmm. low round. But like, you're like playing against. Like you're setting yourself with a, you're starting with a disadvantage if you're, you're playing. Like there's a reason these guys went, you know, low. It's not like everyone. I mean, obviously some of them they they miss on them, like Edelman or Brady. But like there's a reason why most of these guys don't go in the top of the half of the draft. It's because they're not as talented or they're not as gifted as these guys. And if if you could just latch on some of the stuff of these these undrafted guys that become so good, if you could put them into the talent of these high picks that the Patriots have, yeah. then maybe, you know, they would be even better than because they have the natural ability. So, yeah, other than that, I mean, Gunnar Olszewski, however you pronounce <laughs> his last name. couldn't tell you. He, um, I am happy he made the team in the sense that I want him back fielding every single punt. I do not want to see Julian Edelman one, one, <laughs> yeah. one punt back this year. Not one. Julian Edelman not one. should not be feeling punts. The only time Julian Edelman can feel a punt and I can say fine is in the Super Bowl because that will be his last game of the season no matter what. Yeah. That's the only time That's I want to see Julian Edelman feeling punts. Gunnar Olszewski, he flashed a little bit in the preseason. I think he's a like a psychopath. <laughs> but, um, you know, hopefully he'll be good because, you know, no one values special teams more than Bill Belichick. So there's, he must have saw something enough to, you know, to keep someone that's basically going to be a punt return man specialist, specialist because yeah. you you hardly ever see returns from the end zone anymore. It hardly ever happens. Yeah. And one more thing before you go, Ryan, on Gunner, is that Bill, as we were talking about on the Part 2 show uh, about Jake Bailey and how much faith Bill must have in him because you know uh, Ryan Allen had just been a staple. He had a great Super Bowl, and now you're handing... You know the key, the keys, truly the keys of your special teams with on the punt team. You're handing all of that to Jake Bailey, and now with Gunnar Olszewski, you're handing that return man like that. The Patriots value that a lot too, because since uh, 2001, it's only been three guys: Welker, uh, Troy Brown, and Edelman that have over 100 returns. Amendola is kind of close; he's in the 80s. But guys that build trusts, guys that can do it and do it well. He doesn't put scrubs back there unless they're good at it besides like Cyrus Jones but in that those cases you're trying to give a guy a chance but no one has really risen to the top other than those three I just named and a bit of Amendola so for him to give it to Gunner like that and especially that's why he's on the team we're not gonna really see him in the offense too much I don't think so I think that's huge and it's another question mark you don't know if he's going to be able to shine in the moment right and i mean i've heard a bunch of times is people have been saying that bill belichick has been trying to get rid of edelman from returning punts for about three or four years now yeah cyrus that cyrus jones pick in the second round he was like uh when he was at alabama he was filthy returning punts like that was going to be his i'm convinced that that was going to be his like your one job cyrus jones one a job was to be a punt returner first and be a defensive player second and obviously, Cyrus Jones is trash, an absolute garbage can. So he's not even on the team anymore, just as well because he's awful. But you know they've been trying to get away from Edelman so for so long because Bill knows how valuable Edelman is in the field on you know on yeah. offense. So he can't be back there fielding punts you know three four times a game every game because he's just putting himself at such a risk. 
So I, I think it's good, especially with Edelman getting older and stuff. I think it's good. I think it's worth, it's you know, time. take... I know there's only 53 spots, but I think having a punt return specialist, especially if he's going to be, you know, one of the best time will be yeah. seen. But if he's going to be one of the best, you know, return men in the league, he's going to keep Edelman off the field from doing <laughs> punts. I definitely think it's worth it. Yeah, you, you have to. It's time, Ryan. Three things. Yes. One, yes. if Gunner is making the team, and we're assuming he is as a return specialist, yep. that's two Primarily. special teams specialists, basically, you have on your roster, him and Slater. Yep. So you have to really, really <laughs> like Gunner when you already have one, a special team specialist on the team to keep him around. For sure. <clears throat> two, as far as Nikhil Harry goes, we talked about it last week, how with his st- his injury in the preseason, his lack of practice time and reps, it was going to be a slow work to get him uh, incorporated into the offense as the season progressed. And we've said not to expect big things right out the gate. Yeah. Now you get this, where he's on IR. Yeah, even if he comes back week seven, he's, he's coming back right in the thick of the season. And it's, there's spot. no cookie cutters pretty much the rest of the way except for a, a divisional game or two. And even those aren't cookie cutters because they're divisional games. And so you look at where where's the game where you just throw him in there and say, "Hey, let's we're gonna this is the game we're just gonna throw you in there. We can afford to do this. We're gonna get, we're just gonna force feed it to you. Get all the reps. There is that isn't on the schedule after that. No, it's, Bengals, it's gonna be tough. Bengals week fifteen. At best, <laughs> that's your only hope. And by then, that might be too late. Right? Who knows? And who knows when he comes back too. Like, yeah, what the receiving core has done after six weeks, and if he can mesh himself into that group, yeah. I don't know. So expectations have, you just have to lower them big time. <coughs> and three, as far as Stidham goes, it makes all the sense in the world to keep him around. You understand why we had guys like Hoyer in town as our backup quarterback? Because yep. we're con- a perennial contender. You, if you lose Brady for any extent of, t- of, any extent of time, you do want a veteran presence to be able to sort of game manage the offense, put you in a position to not lose games, yeah, and hope that you get enough from the offense and then the defense can bail you out. But now that Brady's getting up there in age, like you said, who knows how long he's got left. You, at some point, you have to pick a guy. Not necessarily to be the next Brady or to be your next franchise quarterback, but you have to at least start developing someone yeah, into you your have system. Yeah, you do your due diligence. You have to. You, you just have to. You can't keep rotating guys Dang in and out and then, and then <laughs> you know, letting them go. You can't just keep shuffling people in and out every year in camp. You've got to pick a guy to make yours. And Sidham looked the best out of any Patriots rookie in preseason in years, probably. Yes. Even better than Garoppolo. Yeah, probably yeah. better, too. And, I mean, I always have some level of faith in Bill's track record uh, as of late. Obviously, Danny Etling was you know, nothing, probably won't be anything as a quarterback. But if you look back at Garoppolo and Brissett, they're now both starting NFL quarterbacks on two different teams, obviously. Garoppolo with the Niners, Brissett with the Colts, obviously... Brissett just kind of fell into that because Andrew Luck decided to retire out of nowhere. But still, he's an NFL starting quarterback now. Unless somehow they decide on Hoyer, I don't think they're going to do that. Not, with not, the at, least, not at least 
At like, least week one, he's not. Like, no, when you're, you just paid Brissett $15 yeah, million a year for it, the next that's, two years. That's what I'm saying. So, like, uh, Hoyer is just like if Brissett gets hurt or if they start off like 0-6 or something. But I at least have a level of faith in, in Belichick because he's done that. The last two guys that he really kind of used a mid-round pick on, they are now NFL quarterbacks on their own teams. So I think Stidham would be kind of the same case. As of right now, we don't know. He's a total question mark. He hasn't played a real NFL snap yet, but he he, he did all of his uh, all of his work in the preseason. He didn't really. I mean, yeah, there was times he may have held onto the ball a little bit too long, but for the most part, he did what he had to do. There's nothing really more he could have done uh, to make sure he won that spot over Hoyer. And clearly, Bill has some a high level of faith in him. If he's if he didn't do everything he could to keep Hoyer on. Because the reports that the Patriots were maybe considering bringing Hoyer back emerged, but obviously Stidham won that job because if he cared enough about Hoyer, Bill would have made uh, some sort of move to make sure he could have kept him there. So I'm, I have confidence that at least Bill has identified or is able to, to identify quarterbacks better than, say, 10 years ago when we're scratching our heads out like Chad Johnson and guys like that coming in that were total bums. Mm-hmm. I also like how they traded for uh, a, a starting caliber center in the wake of the David yeah, Andrews yeah. getting Buffalo's uh, projected starting center for a sixth rounder. Uh, I mean, it seems like a steal. I don't know. Obviously, Buffalo, not the greatest team in the league. So you don't know what kind of quality they have as starters. Offensive line, probably questionable at, at least. At the bare minimum. Yeah, Josh but to, Allen definitely got sacked a lot last year. But, but to get a, a guy with plenty of starting levels experience from at least last year, mm-hmm. and a guy that's also familiar with the system because the Bills O-line coach used to be the um, Patriots, work with the Patriots right. for years. So he's very familiar with the system. And so not a lot of effort in terms of learning the playbook and whatnot and the schemes – and so that's that's something that I think is, might fly under the radar. Uh, I think Bodine, uh, Bodine, Bodine, however you want to pronounce it, I think it's Bodine. that could be a great value acquisition, someone who the Bills were going to waive. Yep. And so we're able to just pluck him off for a pick. And he's, he's I mean, he's in the prime of his athletic career. He's only 27. I mean, so you, you know you're at least getting a guy that's in shape, and he could probably give you something. And he's going to be working with Skarnekia, so... I just I have way more faith as long as they have Skarnekia there, and they're still actively you know shifting and it seems like it's a fluid line uh, to an extent. But now it looks like they have they have what they need there. They got uh, Karras as well, and I think if if Isaiah win, hey, if he can just stay healthy, don't tear anything. Everyone says I think he he's going to be productive. Everyone that you know covers the team and knows football. Yep. Like, really knows football? They say he looks really good. You just never know until you see game action. Right. Yeah, exactly. we, just need, we need to see it first. Because there's really... a lot of new moving pieces on this line. We've <laughs> traded for three guys now yeah. on the O-line that all made the 53-man yeah. roster within the past week or so. Yep. You add Isaiah Wynn, who didn't play at all last year. You lose your starting center already. You bring uh, Jermaine Illuminor in and... And now again, uh, Bodine, Corey Cunningham. I mean, it's. I mean, it's a so lot of not, new bodies. You're not sure how where the pieces are gonna fall, but you know you have pieces. 
and you know that your offensive line coach has been able to make the take get the most out of his group. Just of guys. Give, give him the groceries, and he'll he'll figure it out. And so I'm I'm as I feel like the the concerns for the O line are much less than the the high hopes that I have for it. Yeah, I I would say my concern level isn't that high, but. Again, we we won't know. I mean, the first four weeks are going to be it'll tell their own story. It's going to be basically an extension of the preseason. That's how they always treat the first month and really try to work on, work on stuff and figure things out. And yeah, I I think I don't think that's going to be much of an issue. And hopefully, the running game can also help with that. And I think the running game is going to be pretty strong this year between Harris, Michelle, you know, uh, Burkhead staying along if he can stay healthy. So I like that. And their offense is going to need their offensive line because, man, their receiving core, I mean, it's not the worst. I mean, I think I think last year may have been may have been worse overall just because of what Gronk was or the shell of himself that he was. He was really a blocker for 90% of the season. So I, I think that with, you know, Gordon, again, another question mark, you need at least your offensive line because you don't really know with your receiving core. You have a good feeling about your running back core, but that offensive line has to at least be intact and it has to at least be productive and not be a liability. Because if it's a liability, they're in a lot of trouble because they already have question marks as it is. Anything else you guys want to add on the pats? Or? Um, no, I mean the offensive line, as you mentioned, I think it's – It'd be interesting to see how Skarnakia can do with them because, I mean, it's going to be huge this year. Obviously, you know, with Brady's age getting up there, I think Bill has seen, you know, one, no matter what he says, he's pliable and stuff. I mean, you get hit, you get hit. I mean, you're 42, you're not 22. You know, it doesn't matter how much yoga or avocado you eat. <laughs> like, it's not going to make a difference. Like, you get hit by a, a 300-pound linebacker that runs a 4'6". You yeah, know, it's gonna hurt. It's not gonna save your your ACL from no, snapping in half. No, so he's put more emphasis on the offensive line than he drafted Sony Michelle. So they need the running game because I think their offense is gonna be this year more than ever. I think last year they were like fifty five forty five somewhere around their pass run. I think this year in in an ideal world for Bill, it would be the opposite. It would be like fifty five percent run. 45% pass, which is rare with Braid as the quarterback, but I really think that's how they're designing the team. That's why they drafted Harris in the third round because, you know, obviously Michelle can't take the carries over every single um, series. And for, like, goal line right. or, like, third and ones or stuff but like I that. But I think they really – their passing now is not going to be – you know, obviously they're going to pass out a shotgun here and there, but I think it's really going to be run to set up the play action is, is going to be the the main – Focus yeah, I, of their I, offense I, think, I think you hinted at that last week too. Yeah, you know, it's gonna be a play. I really do think it's team. gonna be a play action type team as opposed to a you know. I think you'll see. Obviously, you'll see the hurry up because they're unbelievably they good at that, that and stuff. Yep. But I think you oh, you're gonna see a lot more. You know, slow the game down, run the ball, play action as opposed to like the let's ten. get up and throw it every single down out of the shotgun yeah, probably, and try to score as fast as possible. They'll probably use the the, the no-huddle more as like a change of pace, like a, like a change-up to right. really throw that defense right. off. And some some weeks they might abuse that more often than others. It's going to depend like, on the matchup. 
Exactly. They've, we've always been a game plan driven team. Bill's always been that way. One week we run for 200. Next week, maybe you get 10 attempts. It, Jonas Gray scene. <laughs> it's, it's just how it works. And so I'm not too worried about that. I think it'll end up shaking out to be more of a 50-50 split. But that's really splitting hairs, if you ask me. Um, but that's still different than how they've been in the past. Sure. They, yeah. they, they used to be like 70-30 70, almost. 30, yeah. 65, yeah. 30, yeah. 35. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really, I, I feel good about this team, and I think you know we also talked about it last week. But the roster, we have the actual product now, and I do feel good. But the one thing is that before we move on, I will say this: they need Julian Edelman to stay healthy. They absolutely need that man to be healthy. Like, like what Jonathan said: don't let him take any punts. He's only gonna be catching passes, and. Like, because I just think if he goes down, like, then you're looking at, like, a 2013 scenario where, you know, you're bringing out, like, an Austin Collie, like, just a just a disgusting scene where, where Brady's just trying to, he's running with, a, like, a chicken with his head cut off and everybody, it just, it wouldn't be a good scene. And I think that that's the only thing. Everybody on that wide receiving group needs to stay healthy, namely Edelman, Demarius Thomas. Gordon, stay off the weed, all of that stuff. Just because, I mean, really, like before Gordon got reinstated and before even say, even after they, they drafted Harry, I mean, the view on this receiving group was very bleak. It's still not great, but one or two injuries could really devastate them and it could flip the whole season upside down. So I, I just want to say that. They really need to make sure they stay healthy on that front because if they, if they don't, trouble's coming. So around the NFL as well, we had other news. LaShawn McCoy getting cut, gets picked up by Andy Reid and the Chiefs and right back into Andy Reid's system. Uh, so we had that as well. And, you know, other than that, Andrew Luck retiring. We didn't really talk too much about that. Though we did talk about it a little bit. Oh, yeah. a, a little yeah. bit, but... I'll say that, uh, you know, I'll say one more thing on that. I, I put a little bit of blame on, like, the timing of everything, but I don't, think, I don't think it was really his fault. I think the Colts probably, they probably told him after last season, hey, wait it out, we'll see what happens. Don't make a, any, like, crazy, life-altering uh, decision yet. Just wait on it. And then he waited on it, and then realized this. I can't do it, and he had to. He had to basically look like the bad guy in some some people's minds. I I put more of it on the Colts because I don't trust that franchise one bit, not at all. And I think they're part of part of the reason why he had to retire early. And I mean, just last year, like he was a good quarterback. Like he had a good season, and they were looking like they were going to be a Super Bowl contender. But yeah, so we had that as well. Uh, is there any moves, Ryan, uh, in the league that sparked your interest or thought maybe it would change the landscape? Uh, I, I think I know what you're going to say. Uh, the Jadavion Clowney trade. I hawks, 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 hawks. Just going to say that real quick. That's the wrong, wrong hawks. hawks. Wrong hawks. Yeah, wrong hawks. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Dislike. Hawks, yeah. Ryan disliked. Jonathan emphasized the Ryan's dislike. It's the right Hawks in my mind. No. no. Yeah. No. Seahawks are winning that division. All right. Yeah, bad yeah. rating. They've been winning that division, though. Anywho. 
No. I don't think it was specifically the, the clowny trade, but more so of the multi, the several trades that Houston moves made, yeah. that Houston made as a whole. Not only do they trade Clowney for a third rounder and a and a couple of like linebackers for spare change yep. because they weren't able to get the desired players or picks that they wanted, so they settled. Then they go out and they overspend, in my opinion, by sending two first and a second to Miami for a left a, a pretty good left tackle in Laramie Tunsil and a decent receiver in Kenny Stills. Yeah, two firsts. That's Kenny. Uh, that's tough. That's even a tough look, dude. Kenny Stills on his own is not worth a second rounder. So you're telling me Tunsil is worth two firsts at least, if not more? No. I don't know about that. So that 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 was shaky, and then. Having lost Lamar Miller for the season and having already gotten Duke Johnson, they decided to shore up things at running back, having already waived uh, their backup prior to the Lamar Miller injury. They get Carlos Hyde from the Chiefs. I don't know what he's going to be able to bring to the table other than just change of pace back, I guess. But they yeah. don't have a bell cow. Carlos Hyde used to be that that kind of player for, for the 49ers, but he hasn't been that guy in a couple of years. I'm not sure... If he might have fresh legs, who knows? But I don't expect a ton from him. I think it, it's the the earnest is on Duke Johnson to become the three down back yep. for the Texans, and then you just trade away a franchise level caliber D end, and you replace bring back in a pretty solid, pretty good left tackle and an all right receiver. I just feel like they made a lot of questionable moves in an attempt to try and take advantage of the fact that luck is now gone yeah. out of the equation. The division seems to be theirs to lose. Now they feel like they have to go out and go above and beyond to to make sure that they don't lose. Not a great start. And I feel like they out they played themselves. I think so too. I think I think it's a bad look. Um like yeah, you could say they helped out their offense a little bit uh, because you got to shore up that running back spot. And adding Kenny Stills does give uh, Watson another option. But, I mean, what an overpay. I mean, if I'm Nick Casario right now with the Patriots, I'm like, what What are you doing? What are you doing over there? You're you're trading my capital. Like, <laughs> like you're giving away assets that I had maybe, I don't know, plans for or anything. Because, I mean, with the reports with Casario being linked to, to Houston as their next GM. I mean, they're riding with an empty seat this season, no GM for them, essentially waiting for Nick Casario. I just, man, that's questionable. Like, right before the season, and you're making some some very, very questionable moves, giving up way too much, like, way too much of an overpay. I think they could have just stood pat, and they're going to take that division ride that momentum, ride that wave into the postseason. And now it, they're just shaking things up, and I don't think it's going to be a great start for them. Jonathan, yeah, I mean, I think you guys hit the nail on the head. I mean, I, the Texans, it's questionable. Obviously, you know, the they, Dolphins are going into full-blown tank mode. This is like something you'd see in the NBA trading for all these picks. Yeah. Um, 
Good for them. For yeah. Swindling. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Dolphins. Texans are clearly in win now. They want to win. They have Watson in his, getting into his prime. They have, you know, arguably the best receiver in the league in his prime. So, I mean, I can't fault them for trying to win now, but, I mean, they don't have a front office. So it's clear, it's clear that they kind of probably got swindled because they, they their, lack of, their lack of a front office yep. has, has come back to bite them. Finally, the lack of a negotiator on on the trade front just is clear and obvious here. And to make to give up the draft capital that they gave up when they're pretty much I don't want to say they're not a Super Bowl contender, but it doesn't feel like they're on that top tier Super Bowl contending list of teams that are are right there at yeah, the top. I'd say right. Watson, like I feel like he still needs a, a little bit of time to get to that like over that hump. I mean. I just think that you're, you're giving up capital that really should be for this team. Like, those picks, those picks should be, you should be using those, ultimately. You should be using those, even if, you know, you're in the, the 20s or the high teens, because you are making the playoffs. You want to have first-round picks to help keep building your team, because I don't think they, they're they there yet. And they have, you know, Watson... Between Watson and Hopkins, there you go. That's a great one-two punch. And I think Bill O'Brien has an idea of what he's doing. Again, no front office. So I don't know why you make that move. It's a head-scratcher. And again, I would have saved those picks for the team itself. Because I think first-round picks are very valuable in the NFL. And you just overpaid by a big buck. For them, if you're going to go ahead and give up that kind of draft capital, in this day and age especially... That better be in your in your perennial divisional contender. That better be making a difference between winning the division and winning a championship. Yeah, they that's, whether that's conference championship yeah. or Super Bowl championship, whatever. But either way, you're in the Super Bowl. That it should be making the difference between losing a first your first playoff game pretty much every year. Yeah, and winning being being giving yourself the chance to win a couple of games and play for the whole the whole damn thing. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, just a theme in this league. Just teams just shooting themselves in the feet in the this Patriots. This league, man. This league. And, and, and the Patriots <laughs> just just do the right thing. They're they're smart. They don't, you know, just overall, like, they don't, they don't shoot themselves, really. They don't beat themselves. It's usually, like, every other team, they beat themselves, and they make the wrong move, and they make the wrong play, whatever it is. And the Patriots usually come out on top. But we'll see. We'll see if it bodes well for the Texans. So I think we should move on now. We got fantasy football 2019. And I think we all have some guys on our list that we like, that we don't like. Maybe some sleepers. Uh, I think, Ryan, if we could start with you. Sure. We'll start Um, with uh, guys we like. How, do we want to do like a certain amount? Do we want to do like three or four guys? However, yeah. How I'll, many you got? We can go position by position. Yeah, so yeah well, I'll just go position by position. One guy we like. So what? Yeah. Well, position, <laughs> position by position. We're all good. We're um, kind of, we got that. For a quarterback that I like. Yep. <coughs> I do like Matt Ryan this year. He's flying under the radar, which is, seems weird because he was top three, top five fantasy quarterback last year. But the team as a whole was 7-9 and nine last year. Yeah. And they still, as an offense, were pretty electric in fantasy terms. So now you're playing with... They, they, they basically are playing with no pressure 
on themselves. You bring back all your weapons. Calvin Ridley now has a full year of experience. A, a healthy Devonta Freeman. I just I like what they have. Austin Hooper is now fully incorporated in. They have the weapons. Matt Ryan should be able to flourish, and I wouldn't be sur- surprised if he finished top two. Okay, at quarterback. Wouldn't shock me. Matt Ryan's huge on Matty Ice this year. All right. All right. Um, I think that this year the number one quarterback in fantasy is going to be the Sean Watson. Um, we just talked about the trade they made. Deshaun Watson had issues. Didn't have a lot of time last year. He got pressured a lot. So what do the, the Texans do? I know they probably overpaid, but they still went out and got a pretty damn good left tackle, which is going to help Watson. They got out Kenny, Skills, Kenny Stills, who is a solid, you know, pretty solid He's probably going to be their number two or number three wide receiver. It depends where Kiki Kuti uh, ends up. But, you know, Kenny Stills a solid number two, number three. They traded for Carlos Hyde. I don't know if he's got anything in the tank, but they also got Duke Johnson, who is a, a you know, pass-catching specialist. So I think Watson has more weapons. He's going to get more time. And then Watson's deadly with his legs, too, which is a huge asset to a quarterback in fantasy. Absolutely, It's huge, huge, huge because... Rushing yards and rushing touchdowns are worth much more than throwing the ball. So, you know, he's probably, if he throws, you know, he might not throw for 500 yards every game, but if he, if he throws for well, three. Who does? Yeah, right. But I'm saying he can, he's the type of player that can throw for 250 and still put up a huge week because maybe, you know, he rushed for 80 yards and a touchdown too. It's mm-hmm. not all pass dependent on him as opposed to someone like like a Brady or even – to an extent, even like a Mahomes, but more like a Brady or a Breeze where, you know, they're not going to get you any points through the air. Um, you know, Watson is going to get you points through the air, and he's going to get you points from the, gr- from the ground. And I think he's going to get you a lot of points from the air in addition to a lot of points from the ground. So that's why I think, you know, you combine those. I think he's your number one fantasy quarterback this year as long as he stays healthy. I might have an unpopular pick here because he doesn't really run the ball, but I have a good feeling that Drew Brees is going to have a monster year. A monster year, and he had a you know a pretty good year last year. And can I just say something? What's up? I disagree with that. That's that's fine. You can disagree. <laughs> he doesn't run the ball, so yeah, he doesn't get quite as many points. But you know, a- according to these points here, uh, football uh, database, Watson only had from by their scoring. It's 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 PPR. It's all that. Uh, he only had thirteen more points overall than Drew Brees, and Drew Brees again. Overall, as a quarterback, a passing quarterback, puts up a lot bigger numbers than Watson. And I think with all of Breeze's weapons still there, besides Ingram, I think that Kamara's going to have a huge year. Michael Thomas just got shored up. He got his, his payday. So I think he's going to have a monster year, too. And I think Drew Brees probably ends up being the MVP of the NFL this year. So I, I think he has a pretty uh, big that's year. Bold. I think that's where that's going in the vault. Right. Just to disagree with that, fine. I'm that's just going to say fine by me. Drew Brees this year is going to fall off a cliff. Okay, Jonathan <laughs> Kellerman. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to take the middle ground here. Nope. I'm taking the middle ground here. No. Nah. I don't think there's any way he plays. He <laughs> plays as well as he does last year. He was. It was basically him or Mahomes for MVP yeah. last and year. He's still, and he still faded down the stretch. And this time he's going to win the MVP. I, he has Michael Thomas and Kamara. Yes, that's two excellent weapons to have. Yeah. Name me one other receiver or tight end. I can name you one. 
right off the bat, but the other ones are shaky. I can name one. I can name two. I can name two. I can name two as well. Okay. But, but one of each. But regardless, I think he has enough. And You think you can win? He can be, put up MVP numbers with one wide receiver and one running back. But that's just that's just saying that nobody else is gonna be productive whatsoever. He's he's still good at making other guys better around him. I mean, what did Jimmy Graham look like when he left that offense? Like nothing, a shell of himself. He hasn't been the same ever since. I think Breeze can can kind of play guys up a bit. If and, he's gonna play MVP, sorry to cut you yeah, off. You're fine. Jared Cook's gonna have to have a big. Uh, year that's right, Jared yeah. Cook. Jericho. And then you're going to need Traquan Smith yeah, those are the two I was thinking of. to step up and be the established number two because Ted Ginn Jr. is just not no. consistent enough to be a number two receiver. He's also like, he might turn to dust this year too. Probably. <laughs> but yeah, that's, hey, it might be a hot take, but Breeze <coughs> was in the conversation last year. I think he'll be right there again. And I think he'll put up, I think he'll put up the number so we be in the conversation. And he's my pick. My, mm-hmm. my pre On the pick. running back? Yeah. Yeah. So, I have two for this one. No. I have Carrion Johnson and Chris Carson. I was going to say Carrion Johnson has been evolving as a dual threat. He can, we know he can run the ball. We know he can run the ball between the tackles. We know he can run the ball outside the numbers. But he is <laughs> evolving as a pass catcher. And I feel like in the Detroit Lions offense where... It seems fantasy-friendly to me where they're not really a great team, but they're not really a bad team. They, they're sort of kind of always in games, and even if they're they're never usually up a bunch, so at worst, it's a close game, or they're, they're trailing a bunch, and that's fantasy-friendly. And he gets a lot of usage, so I, I feel like this could be a year for him where his floor is RB2, but... If he takes the next step and gets the volume, fringe RB1 numbers we're talking here. Uh, and the other one is Chris Carson. He plays on the in Seattle. Second most rushing attempts, rushing yards in the league last year. And it's not going to change. They lose Doug Baldwin. Basically, they, own, they did draft a wide receiver, but that receiver, which we shall not name, has been a bum. For them, can't even run routes. That's just awful. So it's basically Russell Wilson throwing to Tyler Lockett, which is not a lot to bank on, because you know that what happened between those two last year, their connection, that's not going to repeat. So they're going to continue to be a run dominant team, run heavy, plenty of volume to go around. Even last year, when it was essentially a three person committee where it was just feed the hot hand. Yeah. Chris Carson was able to put over 200 points in PPR. That's uh, yeah, that's impressive because they really were by committee. That yep. And and so yes, uh, Rashad Penny is still there to threaten uh, as a possible handcuffed, as possible spoiler. But if last year's any indication, there's more than enough touches to go around running the ball. I like Chris Carson as an upside RB two. Uh, okay. My running back that I like this year, he's going in like, you know, around the third, fourth round, is Devonta Freeman. Ryan mentioned earlier that, that he, he likes the Atlanta's offense. You know, they're pretty good. He's got Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. They got Austin Hooper, who's solid. Mohamed Sanu, he's solid. So, you know, 
Freeman got hurt. Uh, he missed basically all last year. But um, a few years ago, you know, Freeman was an absolute fantasy. He was a fantasy monster. I think he was the number one or number two running back um, a couple years ago. Then he signed a big deal. Um, you know, so I think with all the weapons, it's certainly not like Freeman is going to be, you know, they're not going to be loading the box because all they have is Freeman. You know, the offense has a lot of stuff. So he's definitely going to have room to operate. He's healthy now. Mm-hmm. Tevin Coleman is gone, which I also think is a big thing because there's you know Coleman Smith is the number two. Yeah, now. Coleman was you know he'd steal targets from um, Devonta Freeman, and it also you know steal some rushes here and there. So I think Devonta Freeman it should be you know they sh- there should be room for him to run a lot this year, and there should be room for him to catch passes with Coleman gone. So you know I think in PPR leagues especially his ceiling is high. He's almost getting drafted, you know. As a as a you know mid tier running back two to a uh, dare I say high end flex, but I think his ceiling if he can stay healthy with that offense should be near RB one. Yeah, I think we assume health. Right, for, for, of course. For yeah, sure. have to. So, gonna come off as a homer, but I do really love James White, and wow. I know I know he's a hybrid back, not gonna get a ton of carries. You better be playing PPR. Yeah, if you're yeah. if you're if you're playing PPR, if you're playing standard, you're playing, don't draft. If you're now. playing standard, no, no, go go with like Sony Michelle, but draft Rex Burkhead. Yeah, yeah, but uh, draft Brandon Bolden. <laughs> so I just think James White is gonna have to have a huge year. He he was top eight, top ten, and uh, fantasy points for running backs last year. Obviously, an RB one, unless you're playing in like a smaller league and your teams are stacked. But I would say he's definitely an RB1. I think he's going to have a absolute monster year. Put up pretty good numbers overall uh, last year. And he still had four over 400 rushing yards and five rushing TDs. So he's still somewhat active in the running game. He's not going to give you 1,000 yards. He's not going to pull up McCaffrey. But he's very legit, and I think he's going to have another really big year and an even bigger year than last. Cause again, this offense, this Patriots offense, they need all the help they can get. And believe me, James White can, can pull his weight, but he's going to have to probably pull some more weight this year, especially if anybody goes down with an injury, but assuming health, he still is going to be a vital part of that offense. And I think people can tend to forget that he is such a big part of that offense. Maybe not every single game, but Pretty much a week-to-week basis, he's involved, whether he's involved in the running game, the passing game. But very much, I would say, go with James White for sure. And then I would also say James Conner would be another good pick for sure. He almost had 1,000 rushing yards last year, was a little bit bumped. But, I mean, that whole team was a kind of in limbo with not knowing Le'Veon, is he going to come back, is he not, all this stuff. Antonio Brown... Who the hell knows what that guy was doing in the, in the, you know, in the locker room and stuff, and just with the whole culture of that team, they really needed to just remove uh, both Bell and Brown. They did. I think Connor has another big year, well over a thousand uh, rushing yards, and again, he had more points than James White, and did not even crack a thousand yards rushing. So if his ceiling is anywhere north of a thousand, uh, he's. He could be like a top five back this year in fantasy if he if he pulls that off. So you're, you're throwing around the, the phrase monster year for guys like James White. Usually we talk about that. We're talking like Saquon, Zeke, 
Yeah. McCaffrey. You, you think James White could be up there this year? I think he might need to be. He was number seven last year. In oh, we're not talking about need to be. We're talking about is he going to be a top whatever fantasy. Well, I, I think he is. That's why I'm telling you to pick him because I think he All is right. going to have a monster year. I'm going to use that word as much as possible. <laughs> monster year. Put it on the board. James White and uh, James Conner. James Square, baby. That's who you're going with on your team. Huh? That's yep. fair. Right. Absolutely. So, wide receiver, I really like Chris Godwin this year. Uh, Ryan only... that hype train. You're not I, the I'm... only one that really likes Chris Godwin this year. Look, hear me out, though. He put, only played 57% of the Bucks offensive snaps last year, which is criminal under usage because of people like Deshaun Jackson getting snaps over him. Not only is Jackson gone, Adam Humphreys is gone. So that's his... So he is the clear-cut wide receiver, too, behind Evans. And even though he played only 57% of the snaps, he still put up almost 900 yards receiving and about 50 catches and was good for a top 30 wide receiver season in fantasy. I just feel like with O.J. Howard taking the next step forward at tight end, Jameis Winston also making... Hopefully. Hopefully. I guess it's obviously (laughs) dependent on him. But I feel like in an offense where they're going to be trailing from behind more often than not, they're going to be behind and they're going to be throwing the ball playing catch-up. That's fantasy-friendly. There should be a lot of of targets to go around between Evans, Howard, and... uh, Excuse me, Godwin. Yep. I feel like Godwin could easily... All he has to do is play like three quarters of the snaps. Mm-hmm. And he can easily push for an 1,000-yard season. And that should make him easily a wide receiver, too. Yeah. Wide receiver, too, for sure. Um, me? Yep. All right. So my wide receiver that I really like this year, I don't want to sound like a homer as well as Dan, but it's Julian Edelman. Um, I think he's in for a big homer. year. I know he's old. But, you know, this is his first, this is going to be his first, like, healthy campaign in three seasons. You had last year, he missed the first four games because he was suspended. The year before that, he missed the whole year because he tore his ACL in the preseason. So this is his first year where he's, where he's you know, had the full offseason. I know he, I know he's got a hurt thumb and stuff like that. But I think if he's healthy, you know, you know the repertoire with Brady's there. You know that's there. You know the targets are going to be there. I see no reason why he can pull off, you know, um, you know, 105 to 110 catches, you know, 1,100, 1,300 yards, seven or eight touchdowns, which probably puts him anywhere between, you know, the the fifth to the twelfth wide receiver probably in PPR, you know. So there's no reason why Edelman, in my mind, shouldn't have a, a, dare I say, wide receiver type one type of season. He's definitely not getting drafted as a wide receiver one. He's getting drafted as a wide receiver two. But he has a wide receiver. I think his floor this year should be wide receiver two because the repertory has with Brady as long as he stays healthy. But he yeah. should be pushing wide receiver one, in my opinion. And the only thing that I would say on that is that he could have his work <laughs> cut out for him a little bit just because he's going he's gonna to get all the attention. And I mean, yeah, he, gets, he probably got the bulk of attention last year too, but... Now, especially no Gronk at all, and no Nikhil Harry for the first six weeks, 
he's going to get a lot of attention from defensive backs and they're going to be I think that's going to be their number one option like take away Edel- take away Edelman and make them beat us with you know Gordon uh Demarius and uh whoever else Jacoby Myers so it just could be a little bit harder for him but for me, my receiver that I think is going to have a huge year, Juju Smith-Schuster, going to sound like a Pittsburgh homer. This isn't like... You, what? I just want to say one thing. What? The people you're saying, James White yeah. and Juju Smith-Schuster, yeah. they both had monster years last year. Your point? You're saying they're going to be better than they were last year or repeat them? Better. Okay, I will call you. I will say right now there is no chance in hell James White finishes seventh in PPR running back rankings this year. Yeah, he has. I will call bullshit on that. Literally gonna get no carries. (laughs) Literally getting no carries. There is. You are banking on him getting ten catches out of the backfield, which five of them are dump offs, like screens. You are banking on rack or yak. Yeah. Yeah. What's your What's your point? I mean, he 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 was he had a huge year last year, and I okay. I know that they have more help in the backfield now. But I mean, it's not it's not like a Max Kellerman take to say that he's gonna have a better year than he did last year. I'm it's just not, telling you right now, there's no a, way. I'm telling you right now, there's no. That's way. That's fine. You can tell me there's the there's no year. way. I'm telling you, he's gonna have a better year. Juju Smith Schuster slide him into uh, wide receiver one. No way, B think he's going to be better than he was last year and he's still getting better it's not like he's an eight-year vet that you're like oh there's no way he could have a better year than last year uh, why not why not he still has big ben throwing to him there's no reason in my mind why juju smith schuster can't get more than seven tds and more than 1400 yards receiving i could see him easily putting up 1500 1600 and getting Ten touchdowns. I could totally see that. James White, that might be a tougher argument for, for me to make. But I'll tell you right now, Juju Smith-Schuster will put up better numbers than he did last year. That is a fact. You can mark it down. Mark the damn tape. I'll mark it. <laughs> I'll give you the Juju one. That is fair. More targets coming his way. No established number two. Yeah, Vance McDonald might steal some red zone targets. But that's yep. red zone. Juju will either get the fade looks to the back corner or he'll get the deep bombs. He should be able to find his way into the end zone with with some ease yeah. this year now that Big Ben's not staring holes into Antonio Brown across the middle of the field. So I can definitely agree with you on that. The James White one, I, I just can't give you. I'm sorry. That's fine. That's fine. I'll, I could definitely be wrong on the James White one. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. Uh, probably wrong on the James White one, but I feel pretty confident about the Juju one. I... I could not. I don't see him having a worse year than he did last year, especially being slid into wide receiver one mm-hmm. with no more AB, and he still has Big Ben. That offense is going to be just fine, and he's he's going to be at the home. So that's who I got. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Vance McDonald, yep, that's who I like as tight end this year. Okay, uh, he definitely with no Jesse James gone, he's not in some little tight end committee thing where he's just. Hoping to get half the snaps. He is the undisputed tight end there. No Antonio Brown there either. It's Juju and him. Unless James Washington or some other... uh, One of their other receivers can step up. So he's going to be the number two target. Yep. So that means as tight end, his big body, he should absolutely be getting 
a ton of looks in the red zone. I could easily see him putting up being sixth, the sixth best tight end somewhere around there, five or six. Yeah. Uh, depends on how they use him uh, in their uh, when they're not in the red zone. Right. I don't know how they're gonna because Jesse James during the during the season. He would be very hit or miss. One game, he's given you five for 50 mm-hmm. and maybe a touchdown. and others, he just completely disappears. So there could be a lack of consistency with Vance McDonald, especially towards the start of the season uh, or at, at times. Uh, but I could also see some pretty big weeks where maybe he goes five for 60, but he gets like two or three touchdowns. And I could see a couple of those happening over the course of the season. So I like Vance McDonald. All right. Big Vance guy. Uh, My tight end I like this year is Hunter Henry. Coming back from an ACL tear, um, you know, there was like, oh, Hunter Henry's going to play in the the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. But no, he didn't. Um, Or he played a few snaps. I can't remember. Stephen A. Smith scene. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, he didn't do anything in the playoffs. I can tell you that. but this guy was really good, really, really good his rookie year. Um, you know that Phillip Rivers likes that. That offense is going to be chucking the ball, especially if Melvin Gordon is not going to play. There's they're going to be a, a pass-first offense, that's for sure, with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. And I just, I, you know, Antonio Gates is uh, still on the team somehow. I think he's still on. Let me Actually, I'm going to look it up. Antonio Gates is still on the Chargers. Right, okay. Antonio Gates is still on the Chargers. He is still alive and functioning. He has not but yet he is, to ancient He dust. is beyond, beyond washed. He might not even play, you know, 5% of the snaps this year for all I know. Um, I think you're in for a big year for Hunter Henry. He's back. He had the full offseason because his ACL was completely healed by the end of the season. So it's not like he, you know, he had a half the offseason to get ready or something like that. He had a full off season, and I just think you expect big things from him. I would expect, you know, his his the way he looked his rookie year, his his ceiling this year should be, you know, he should be right there in my mind with, you know, um, Kittle, Ertz, and Kelsey for the for the best tight end in the league fantasy wise. So, I have one that is pretty much on a whim, just because I did kind of rip him earlier, but I do think that. It's I I think he's kind of got to be productive this year for Rodgers. So I'm going to go with Jimmy Graham. Uh, I know he's probably not going to have a good year. He really hasn't been the same guy since he left New Orleans. But I think he has the athletic ability. All right, like we we've all seen highlight reels from when he was with the Saints and Drew Brees. So, but he has a, a talented guy in Aaron Rodgers. I think that. Year two in Green Bay, he's going to have a much more productive year. I'm not saying he's going to catch 100 passes and have over 1,000 yards, but I think he'll at least be a lot more respectable in terms of his production value and just more more consistent as a tight end. And again, half half on a whim, half I just think, I think he's going to work better in that offense this year than he did last year. Ryan, rip me. Thank you. I yeah, will. Rip me. So he... So he probably won't do much of anything. But he's talented, so he has to do something in year two. No, I didn't say... I'm saying I'm probably wrong, but I just think that he's talented enough. And just overall, like, he's put up great numbers in his career. 
and it's always been with a talented pass thrower. Drew Brees, monster numbers. Russell Wilson, not a great pass thrower, just passing ability. Obviously flamed That's out there. Cap. What? That's Cap. Russell Wilson's an elite passer. I mean, compared to Drew Brees and Rodgers... I wouldn't he's put him there. on the same level. He's not the he, same, but he, he hasn't he's not—he's not some fucking scrub. He's he I'm not saying he's a scrub, but I'm—I'm I'm, I'm also saying that in terms of just pure passing ability, like I, Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, head and heels. All right, even—even even in that scenario, if Russell Wilson is the worst quarterback that's ever thrown a regular season pass to you, and you haven't been relevant in years, that's on you. That's oh, on you. Yeah. Russell Wilson again, is not a scrub. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't say he's a scrub. I didn't say he's a scrub. But if you if you want to compare him to guys like Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, he he's not on the same level. He he's just passing ability not on the same level. He's closer than you think. That's fair. But I again I he's a very good deep ball thrower. That's fair. I I just I scrambles for me very well. For me, I'm just doesn't I, give up on games like Rodgers. Yeah, I'm not a big Rodgers guy, but his doesn't throw errant picks like Drew Brees. So again, my pick is Jimmy Graham. Uh, I didn't rip you guys, but it's fine. It's fine. I I we can embrace take it. debate. I can take it. We embrace debate here. Fuck it, Jimmy Graham MVP. MVP. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> big cap. No, nice. but but if if he does go off this year, I will take every chance I get to rub it in both of your faces. And I will, I will enjoy it. Good, do it. Yeah. Same odds that like the Atlanta Hawks have of winning the NBA championship. Eh. Eh. Yeah, you're not eh. denying that. Eh. All right, so let's move on to <laughs> players we don't like this year in fantasy. Well, I'll start at quarterback. This one is actually pretty easy for me, and I believe it was one of the quarterbacks that we may have talked about already. I already forget. Because I have short-term memory loss, apparently. Uh, Tom Brady. <laughs> no one talked. No one talked about him. All right, great. <laughs> so then we got content here. Tom Brady is just destined to not be a starting QB one in a ten-team standard league. He should not be starting. If you want to play him on a matchup, matchup by matchup basis, I can at least see that. But there is way too much inconsistency with what the Pats' offense could look like, with, with the Pats' Patriots' game plans on a week-to-week basis. You don't know how long, if at all, you're going to have Josh Gordon in the lineup. You don't know what you're going to get out of Demarius Thomas from because he's coming off of a torn Achilles. Yes, you have Julian Edelman, but now your number one, uh, number one draft pick receiver is on IR to start the season. I just... I don't see with what the way the Patriots operate how anyone could draft Tom Brady or even use him as a consistent starting quarterback in fantasy. I just it's too inconsistent for me. I, I need a higher floor for a starting fantasy quarterback and Tom Brady just isn't that anymore. Yeah, that's, Michael, that's that that's fair. My quarterback I don't like this year in fantasy football is Cam Newton. I think his shoulder is toast. Um, he might not even play in week one, for all I know. There's some talks that no, I know it's settled down a little bit, but there were some, you know, there's some he's, talks. He's confirmed. Yeah. So, I just don't, I mean, obviously McCaffrey's a beast, but 
behind McCaffrey. I mean, they they lost Evan Funches to India. I know they got DJ Moore and stuff, but doesn't have a whole lot of weapons. And I just think I just think he's bound. He's going to get injured this year at some point. He already he played like two two series in the preseason. He got hurt. So I think you're just asking for trouble if you're drafting Cam Newton because he doesn't have a whole lot of weapons. He's got one elite, 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 highest of the elite level weapons, but then after that he really doesn't have all that much. Greg Olson is, is washed. Um, you know, DJ Moore, as I mentioned earlier, is, is basically unproven. So, you know, don't draft him. He's just – it's risky. It's too risky. He's fine if, if he's your backup because, you know, he – as I mentioned earlier with Watson, he does a lot with his legs too, but I just don't trust him. I think you just ask him to have to find a backup QB because he's going to get hurt. He's too risky at the where he's being drafted. Right. He's being drafted as like a top five quarterback. Yeah, that I I would absolutely be fine with him as he's a solid. You know, his ceiling is obviously a, a starting quarterback, but right now I wouldn't draft him. Like I could name a bunch of guys that I would draft over him. You know, mm-hmm. ten or eleven guys I would draft over him. I kind of want to make him do that. Go ahead, do it, do it. Okay, roll off ten that you'd rather have. Do it. Ten that I'd rather have. Mahomes. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Mahomes. Oh, okay. Rogers. Breeze. Rivers. I gotta think. Uh, Roethlisberger, how many is that? Five. Ryan, six. Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, that's eight. Philip Rivers, did I say that? Yeah, you said Philip Rivers. Jared Goff, Russell Wilson, that's ten. That would take over Cam Newton right okay, now. Okay, that's fit. all right. Didn't even mention Dak Prescott. Nope. Didn't mention Mr. Trubisky either. Didn't mention Kirk Cousins. Either. So, I'm down on Jared Goff this year. I don't see him. Just having the the season he had last year, he was a top six QB in fantasy, threw for almost 4,700 yards. I mean, just ridiculous numbers. Granted, he still has all of his weapons, but I don't see Todd Gurley being the same guy that he was, and I think that hurts his offense immediately. That just puts a dent, and I just don't see him putting up those numbers. I mean, great season. He had a great year. I mean, absolutely... I'm just not really high on the guy, and those numbers seem just a little bit inflated for me. I think he comes down a bit this year. And the Rams as a whole, I'm, I'm not huge on the Rams this year. Uh, so down year for them pretty much across the board, and especially Jared Goff. I mean, over 360 fantasy points, I, I don't see that happening. Not again. Goff is one of those guys where he's like a fringe QB1, QB2. Mm-hmm. If he's a QB1, you're kind of sitting there like, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm not feeling too great about it. But if he's your QB two, you're feeling pretty good about it, especially if you happen to be in a QB uh, two quarterback. Oh yeah, if he's your second quarterback, like he is in mine. Ecstatic. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, if you're in a two QB league, then by all means. But if he, I don't like him as your QB one. Totally. Uh, At running back, you um, you mentioned Todd Gurley. I don't. I don't like him this year. Son of a bitch. I just don't... They've... The way he finished down the stretch, I believe he sat out week 17, then he was inexistent in the Stop playoffs. my picks. How do you... And then we're supposed to assume, because there's been 
basically nothing on him this year, this oh, this this off season, training camp, preseason, about how he's looking, where his knee is at going into the season. I just think anyone that is taking him at a first round value is, or in the first round, early second, it, it's a it's a stretch. I I just. There's too many question marks. He has an injury history. You know his knee has gone before. It could go again if they if they're not careful with his volume and workload. Yep. And until until I hear actual like consistent reports like, hey, he's good to go. They just were just being careful with him. Ha ha ha. He he he. Which I haven't heard any of them. Not that they haven't had any ha 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 or he he he's, but just. <laughs> There's been nothing to say. Hey, they just they're just playing it safe. You know, last year they they got really cautious with him in the playoffs. They didn't want to completely burn him out and screw him over for next year, even during a Super Bowl run. There's been nothing on that, and so I don't know where his knee is at. I don't know. If, I don't want any part of him. Yeah, my running back I'm down on this year is Nick Chubb. Not necessarily because of the player. I think Nick Chubb, the player, is. Very, very, very good. He was very good last year after they traded um, away Carlos Hyde. And, you know, I think that Nick Chubb is a really good running back. The problem is, is that where he's getting drafted right now is a high, he's like a high, he's like the fifth or sixth running back off the board. And the problem is, is that halfway through the season, he's going to have a lot of competition for those reps when Kareem Hunt comes back. Kareem Hunt is not some scrub. Like, Kareem Hunt is not some guy yeah. that has a 1,000 miles on him and he's going to be, you know, some third down back. Kareem Hunt is a is an a, a elite rusher and an elite pass catcher. It's not like he can only run the ball or only catch the ball. He can do both. He's going to be taking a lot of touches from, from Nick Chubb. I think you'll see Nick Chubb will have a great start to the year. The problem is, is that down the stretch, I think, especially if the Browns are good, they might try to, you know, get Nick Chubb some rest and get – Kareem Hunt into that offense more. So I think the problem is is that if you're drafting Nick Chubb as your running back one, he might sustain it for the first half of the season. But coming down to the stretch of the playoffs, he might not just be not an RB1. He might not be an RB2. He might be a borderline flex play down the stretch if he's splitting touches with Kareem Hunt. Damn. Damn. Well, mine's uh, Zeke. Partially due to the the contract issues, but... Yeah, he apparently landed in Dallas today, and he talked to reporters a little bit and said that, you know, trying to get a deal done and saying that he's ready to go, all this stuff. I don't totally buy it, and I could see him definitely missing a a few weeks, which obviously hurts you right away, right off the bat. And I could see him also maybe having a little bit of a dip in production this year. His touchdowns per season have gone down. I mean, his rookie year was by far his most productive year. Obviously, 2017, he missed, uh, what was it, six games for that suspension. And last year, had a great year. Didn't have nearly as many TDs as he did in his rookie year. But I think just he's not a, he's not as consistent as you might think in terms of just fantasy points we on a week-to-week basis. And like I was just going through last year a little bit, and he just... He's not, it's not like every single week you're guaranteed, like, I know he's going to be there for me. I know, I know he's going to get me a touchdown. He's going to get me 90 yards or 100 yards, whatever. And I could see him. I mean, he's a guy that gets worked a lot too. 
besides 2017, again, due to those six games, I mean, well over 300 uh, carries. So he's getting worked a lot, too, on top of that. But, again, with the contract issues, I don't trust Jerry Jones. I don't trust that, that organization as a whole. I, don't, I feel like they could go the first few weeks without Zeke. So, again, that's why I'm down. All right. Uh, at receiver, there's two that I don't really care for. First one is an easy one, Antonio Brown. If you want to take a chance on him in a new offense with Derek Carr as his quarterback and John Gruden as his coach in an Oakland Raiders team that's been just all over the place with decision-making, have at it. Yes, Antonio Brown is easily one of the best wide receivers in the league still, but until I see what he can do with his new team, a new luck offense, with a quarterback that's not named Ben Roethlisberger, I'm out. I'm out on Brown. The other one is Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett is way overhyped. Last year, he got so lucky with the amount of big play touchdowns that he got between him and uh, connecting with Russell Wilson. There is no way he can repeat that. He does not. He is not a volume catcher. He, at most, gets you four to five catches a game. So he's he's a massive boomer bust guy. And last year he boomed. So congrats if you had him because he was like number eleven or twelve. He was a borderline wide receiver one. But to even if you think that has even a sniff of a chance of happening again, just get out. No <laughs> shot. Tyler Lockett, wide receiver three at best. Yell at him. All right. Um, <clears throat> my wide receiver I'm not that high on this year is Julio Jones. Okay. Ooh. That's I like this. Let's hear this one. <laughs> I'm just going to say I disagree with you vehemently. Uh, sounds like Ryan might agree, though. No. Oh, no, I don't agree. Oh. No. I'm just interested to hear okay. where this one goes. Okay. Well, Julio Jones is now into his 30s. Um, big wide receivers like Julio Jones traditionally do not fare well once they hit the big 3-0. He's going to have a target shares. Calvin Ridley is in his second year. Austin Hooper is pretty good. Sanu, I understand that these guys have been there before. It's not their first year there. But Freeman's coming back, I mentioned earlier. And Julio Jones, everyone knows that he can't catch touchdowns, except, wait, he did actually catch touchdowns last year. Actually, finally, after, like, the first half of the season, down the stretch, he, he had, like, five or six straight weeks where he caught, like, one touchdown, or he had a, a game where he caught, like, two touchdowns. I know this because I own him. Um, <laughs> he finally much. found the dirt. He finally found the dirt. I think he regresses back to where he was before, and I think his, his yards and catches are down, too, and I think he doesn't get in the end zone all that much because he's got, you know, Matt Ryan has more options down there, and he just always... Doesn't look his way for some reason in the red zone. So, yeah, I don't think Julio Jones is being drafted. You know, in some leagues, he might be the first wide receiver off the board. But at the very worst, he's, you know, a high-end second-round pick at worst. In most of the leagues, he's going in the first round. And I just don't think he's going to be, you know, a top... I don't think he's going to be a top seven wide receiver this year. And he's certainly getting drafted like it. So, yeah, I think the Julio Jones of old, you know, top three, top four receiver... That stops this year. Well, again, I, I disagree with you via Millie. But Odell Beckham Jr., I am out on Odell Beckham Jr. And I actually like that take. It, it pains me to say that because I'm, I'm going to weird flex like Jonathan. 
I own Baker Mayfield, but in our <laughs> league. But uh, anyway, I, I I'm so down on Odell because he can't stay healthy. He's only played one full complete season in his NFL career. He's regressed uh, production wise the last three years. Uh, touchdown wise specifically uh, has just not been the same guy uh, since he's been back. And going to the Browns again, I don't really trust his culture personality saying like in the locker room, I, I don't know if he brings a great vibe and I could totally seeing it just blowing up in flames and uh, not, not really due to Baker or anything, but if Odell can't stay healthy, which he hasn't proven that he can on a consistent basis, then I don't want him as my wide receiver one. I don't really want him as my wide receiver two, unless I'm getting it, you know, you know, Oh, he happens to still be there. And it's like, it's almost like a bonus because you're using a late pick on him. But I would not draft him high, and he barely cracked 1,000 yards. Granted, he only played 12 games last season. But, I mean, his yards per game every single year since he's been in the league has gone down. Started at 108.8, really good number, down to 87.7. And, I mean, I could see it going down again. So i way out on Odell this year. Granted, he does have a good quarterback thrown to him. But I don't trust him in that new offense. I'm out on one of his teammates, uh, tight end Njoku. <laughs> nah. I nah. feel like now that the Browns are this big old hype train, they've brought in Odell. They got Jarvis. They got Chubb, Hunt coming back eventually. Maker. Baker. Uh, Baker. They've got. Uh, Baker's going to have a ton of options to throw to. And. I'm just not sure if Njoku's even going to get consistent red zone targets, let alone consistent looks over the course of the game. Yeah, He was very hit or miss last year. I don't know if he's going to be any different this year. I think he's going to be very hit or miss again this year, very inconsistent. And I feel like he's going to be classic fringe tight end one where he's, he's completely touchdown dependent. And I feel like people are thinking that now that the Browns are all of a sudden legit, that he's also going to benefit from that, and I just don't see it. Yeah, the tight end that I am out on for this season is Evan Engram. I think he's good. I think he's really good, actually. But the way he, where he's getting drafted, he's getting drafted like the fifth or like fourth sixth somewhere in that area he's like is like the main three and then people are making a case for Evan Engram to be picked fourth I know that they got rid of Odell Beckham so obviously all those targets and shares are gone but I don't know I think Engram's good but he had a big rookie year and then he got he had some injury issues last year but even when he was healthy he didn't really you know he didn't jump off the page like he did kind of his rookie year um, so I just don't expect where he's getting drafted. I just don't like where he's getting drafted. I think, you know, he's a low end. He's around, like, I think he should be getting drafted, you know, around your Delaney Walkers and your Jimmy Grahams, you know, low end starters, not middle of the pack, you know, should make a case for a top five tight end. I just don't think he's a top five tight end this year. So I don't think you should draft him like it. I disagree with having him be like a fringe starter. I, he's he's the number one option. The volume is Saquon's there. Saquon's their number one option. 
as a receiver, he is their number one option. Saquon might be their number one option as a receiver, too, to be honest with you. He might be up there in terms of receptions, just based off of Eli and Daniel Jones dumping the ball off to him. So I, I kind of have to agree with you on that. But as terms of receivers, he is their number one option. He'll get all the looks in the world. But He'll also he get... also is going to get blanketed. Yes. And so it really depends on how you don't you don't seem to think that he'll be able to excel in that position. I don't. I'm not saying he's going to excel, but I don't think he's going to be a bust. I think he'll be somewhere in the between where he'll be a low end tight end one. Maybe not the fourth or fifth best, but I could, I'd probably say he'll be six or seven. All right, in mine, I'm down on Eric Ebron this year. Obviously, the, the Andrew Luck departure is going to hurt his numbers in general. But, I mean, he had his career high in TDs last year by a lot. I mean, 13 touchdowns, great, great number. I mean, if you had him last year, you know, all the power to you. But, again, I think his production goes, goes down. It was his first year with Indy. He had a very, very good season, career breakout season, honestly, for him. But, I mean, you have Jacoby Brissett thrown to you now, and it's just not going to be nearly as prolific. It can't be. I mean, he's, it's going to be his first time being a full-time starter you know, for his own team. And as we saw just in general, like J- Jacoby Brissett isn't exactly – he's not exactly the most accurate quarterback and he's not gonna he's not gonna wow you overall with uh his his passing ability so I think I think he has a good year like if if he's if he's down there and you don't really have any other option he's still not a bad option but I just don't see him having that kind of year I think he slides down a bit and is probably probably uh, a fringe fringe tight end to tight end one if if you don't have anything else yeah, there's no way he he can keep. Uh, yeah, there's no way he repeats. 13. No, so it's I, not feel, I still think he could be a tight end one, but I I agree. I agree with you, Dan. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, thank you, Jonathan. You're welcome. He, thank you. That's gonna <laughs> that's gonna be tough because he did. He was very sporadic at, at uh, and inconsistent with the Lions. Yeah, so. he was trash. He was. Yeah, <laughs> I was doing him solid there. Um, and then if there's any other guys that are on the fence. Uh, I'm just going to name like a handful of them, not going to get into too detail, but a couple guys that I'm on the fence that I'm trending upwards on um, are Cam Newton, Nick Chubb, and Josh Gordon. Oh, those are two people that I was down on. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he disagrees with you. I think, and I'm definitely down on Josh Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> I think those guys have the potential to be top-tier guys at their position, QB1, wide receiver 1, running back 1. Not saying that they already aren't, but I think they could be even better than they sort of are being drafted at. And then three guys that I'm kind of on the fence on that I'm kind of really hesitant about: Lamar Jackson, Austin Eckler, Le'Veon Bell. Eckler has the volume, but he doesn't. He when he's been given the chance at a full time role. Hasn't really excelled, right. so you're really cautiously optimistic about him. Lamar Jackson, who knows if he if he becomes an accurate quarterback with his running ability, he could be a boon, but he's very inaccurate at the time, so you have to assume that he's not going to make some crazy leap of mound. And Le'Veon Bell, after sitting out a year, I don't know, man. New offense, completely new team. It's not, it's not the Steelers anymore. It's the Jets, so... Um, I think that's more likely that he he busts than booms. 
Yeah, I'm really high. If he can stay healthy, of course, I am very high Which on... Which we assume on this show. Right. I am very high on Dalvin Cook. I think that if... I know that he gets hurt, but we have to assume health. Everything I've been reading, the uh, the Vikings, he is going to be a bell. He's going to be the bell of the bell cows this year, from what I'm reading. Um, so, yeah, I'm really high on him. And okay, then one nice. more player that I really don't trust. I was going to actually say Odell Beckham. I just don't trust him. Thank you. You know, in Cleveland, I think he's really good, but I just, I don't know. Yeah. He worries me. He, he worries me as and well. And Drew Brees also worries me. Oh, you son of a biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> this league. This league. Well, what a show. What a show. Is there anything else you guys need to add on anything we've touched on today? Week one will be in the books next this time next week. Can't wait. Can't wait for week one. Let's go. Red zone. And yeah. I, Hawks, Hawks, Hawks. Football is back. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. 1-0, Iowa, 1-0. This Saturday, versus Rutgers, 12 o'clock, Fox Sports 1. Be there. Piss, it's not on ESPN 2. No, because I... Fox cucked us. I hate to see it. I'm worried that ESPN 2 has lost that. No! I think Fox Sports might have taken it. (laughs) I gotta see. Once they get into real Big Ten play, like like in the beginning of October... Yeah. Then hopefully it comes back. That would be a shame. I can pray. That would be tough, I'm praying yeah. for it. A crying shame. Uh, I will say last thing. Uh, went zero for one so far. My big, uh, big time college football picks. There you go. I, uh, yeah. picked, I had one? Oregon over Auburn, and yeah. Bo Nix uh, cucked me at the end That's of the game. Tough. So uh, we're zero for one this season. I got Texas beating LSU this weekend. LSU. All right, you're just gonna disrespect love shack university like that that's fine but yeah thank you all for listening again we should have another episode out next week and you know we'll be discussing anything that's currently happening we'll probably hit on whatever happens this weekend in the league and it should be a good one uh make sure you follow mouth and off radio on twitter at mouth and off radio on twitter no g follow me d sadik at uh, 94 on Twitter, that's D-S-A-D-E-K, 94 on Twitter. Follow Ryan, Brownie, 1224. Follow Jonathan, J. Sully, 1797. And stay beautiful, and we'll get you next time. See you. See you. Cheers. Almost heaven. West Virginia. Blue Ridge Mountains. Shenandoah River. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze. Country roads take me home to the place I belong, West Virginia. Moonshine, teardrop in my eye, country road.
Yesterday, country road. 